book of Luke, chapter number 2. One of the most popular uh, times or places in the Bible to be able to read about the birth of our Lord and our Savior. And I'm thankful that we do have this account that is given to us in the Bible. It is a blessing to be able to look into the Word of God and be able to see the truths that we have in the Word of God. uh, To be able to see that God has given to us exactly what we need to know, what He wants us to know. And that we can have a personal relationship with Him. He has given to this. Now, I did mention this this morning. We had our morning service this morning. And I, I thought to myself, we, we, we looked at uh, Matthew chapter number 1, verse number 18. And on this wise, it was on this wise that the way it happened. And this is a matter of fact term. That, that, that term really just says that this is the way it happened. There's, there's no way to go around it. There's no different direction to look at it. But this is exactly what happened. Because the word of God does not lie. The Word of God is true in every time and every source and every way that He has for each and every one of us. And I'm so thankful for that. Look with me. Luke chapter number 2, verse number 1. The Bible says this, And it came to pass in those days that there were not a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was made first from Cyrenius, the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. I've often wondered, I've often wondered if, if uh, Joseph and Mary knew about that Micah chapter number 5 and how she was kind of sitting there thinking, well, I was told that this is the Messiah. I was told that this is the one that is... Uh, to save us. I was told that this is the Son of God, but I know that this is supposed to happen, and here I am, I'm a little girl sitting in Nazareth. How in the world is this possibly going to happen? Because that's a long way for me to get to to Bethlehem, and how in the world is that possibly going to happen? I'm sure that maybe even Joseph may have thought, well, I know that this is what it says, and the Word of God says this, and the Word of God is true, And but then, then comes out taxes. See, the, the, Lord even, <laughs> the Lord even uses evil things like taxes, praise God, to have His will done. Verse number 6, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I like that, all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. Look at that. A Savior. What we have been longing for for so long, for hundreds of years, for since the beginning of time, just about since Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 15, we've been longing for a Savior. And here the arrival is in Luke chapter 2, verse number 11. And I love that end where it says, which is Christ the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for... This night, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to be here in your house once again. 
Lord, I pray that you just touch, God. I pray that you'd move, Lord, tonight. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be free to move as he would, God, to touch hearts and to touch minds and touch lives this night. Lord, I pray that you'd be with those that need a touch of from their bereavement, God. I pray you'd comfort them. Lord, those that are in sickness, God, I pray you'd give them peace and comfort as well. Give them grace to be able to go on another day. Lord, I pray you'd just give healing to those that need that healing. God, you know their bodies and what they stand in need of. And God, I beg you right now that you just touch them. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us, God, that are gathered in this sanctuary. Lord, I pray that you'd just touch us, God. I pray that you'd be with those that are watching by way of the Internet. I pray that you'd help them, Lord, to, to be able to be uh, have exactly what they need to stand in need of tonight, Lord, during this time and during this service, Lord. I pray that your word would be uplifted, your son would be uplifted and be edified and much be made of you. Lord, I pray you'd empty me of self and guard my mouth and mind. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. So when I look at this uh, verses and when I look at this little account of here, we begin to look at these verses, they, they just amaze me. And I'll be honest with you, we read this at our, around our house every Christmas time. We spend time around the Word of God to be able to look at this, to be able to read what the greatest gift of all has been given to mankind. When I begin to look through there, I'll be honest with you, I saw a manger that was fit for a king. That manger that Jesus Christ was laid in. And I, I love the verses and I love how Pastor went through those uh, verses this past Sunday. And what a great message that was. And, and when I begin to look at it, that one word laid that you find in verse number 7. When he laid him in a manger, that one actually means to, to lay, to, to recline. To be able to, to lay back and to recline. But then when you get down to verse number 12, it actually says, And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You know what that word means? outstretched, just in recline and stretched out. Stretched out. For a Savior that did exactly (laughs) that for each and every one of us. That He stretched out His hands to be able to stretch out His arms, to be able to lay down His life. And what's really even more amazing to me, that the same word that's used in chapter number 2, verse number 12 in in Luke chapter number 2, that word for lying is the same word that's used in John chapter number 20, verse number 5, when they begin to stoop down and look down into uh, into that uh, sepulcher to be able to look at that grave and to be able to find that there's nothing but grave clothes and the grave clothes were lying there. They were outstretched there. It's interesting that the Word of God, how they use the same word, how the Holy Spirit used the same words to be able to show and to be able to see great truths in the Word of God, but a manger that was fit for a king. Then there's a, the one that, I, I, I'll be honest with you, my favorite is the, the multitude that famed the king. Well, those angels come to those shepherds on this hillside and they begin to tell about the great peace and they begin to tell about the great joy and, and the good tidings of great joy and to be able to tell about the birth of Jesus Christ and that appearance was just an overtaking thing and how they made that announcement of peace and they made an announcement of a promise that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is now here on the face of the earth. What we've been needing all along, now God has provided But then, of course, you think about those lowly men that found the king, those little shepherds, those lowly men, those common folk. You would think that a king would be introduced in such a way to be able to be introduced to the most important and the most influential people of all the world. But his birth was introduced to those lowly little shepherds. Boy, what a wonderful thing to be able to have. And they had an expectation that they knew that they would find exactly what the angel of the Lord had told them they would find. 
They had that much confidence in the angel of the Lord. They had that much confidence in God. And they had been waiting for so long. And they couldn't wait to go over and to worship with Him. And spend time worshiping the Savior. And then also, they went further on and they witnessed about Him. Because once they saw it and they heard it, they went and told everybody that they could about it. Boy, that announcement of peace and that announcement of promise and then the, that expectation that those men had and that experience that they had to be able to walk into that little stable, to walk into that little place and bow down before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What an experience that had to be. But then lastly, I begin to think about a mother that was favored by the king. And Mary pondered all these things in her heart. By the way, the angel of the Lord told her, you're highly favored. Boy, isn't it wonderful? Boy, and to be able to, to, be able to hear that from the angel of the Lord, to be able to have that and how all of that begins to happen and, and, and you begin to look at this birth of the Savior and the birth of Jesus Christ is, I'll be honest with you, I believe it's one of the most important events that's ever happened on the face of this earth. The reason that we celebrate Christmas is because of this day that Jesus Christ was born. The reason that we have all of these things. I love how the world, they want to keep Jesus out of everything, but they can't keep Jesus out of Christmas. They can try, but it's all about Him. As a matter of fact, though, it is, it is the glorious reality and the wondrous fact that a, apart from His birth, there could be no salvation for sinful man. Sinful man is the only reason that we're able, uh, or the, the birth of Jesus Christ is the only reason that we're able to have that, to be able to look. I want you to look over with me, Galatians chapter number 4, real quickly. And I'm not even got into my sermon yet. I, I'm sorry, I apologize. But so Galatians chapter number 4, verse number 4, look what it says. But when the fullness of the time was come, that's what we're talking about, Luke chapter number 2, the fullness of time has come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, but my favorite part is verse number five. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Wow, what a birth. What, what, what a spectacular thing that happened because of the birth of Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ brought glory to God and brought grace down to man. I'm thankful that I have received that grace. I have received that salvation of Jesus Christ. Of all the births in this world that have been witnessed, the greatest birth is in a little town called Bethlehem. When we begin to look at the birth of this Savior, the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of the Savior, there is only one Savior, by the way, because He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. When I begin to look at that, I begin to look at how uh, it was a supernatural birth. It's a miraculous birth. A miraculous birth that only God could orchestrate. See, the birth was a miraculous birth because there's none other that has ever been born that way. And there never will be another born that way. Why? Because the Son of God is just that. The only begotten Son of God. Boy, the supernatural birth of God's Son. Look with me in verse number 11 in chapter number 2 of Luke. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is, born, which is Christ the Lord. That's truly, truly the only thing that can happen is a true intervention of God. 
We all know the natural process that we have, but I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of things that, that, that people can fuss over, can fight over, and they can split hair on doctrinal type things, or not doctrinal type, but uh, ways that they think it may have happened or something like that. But the doctrinal issue with the birth of Jesus Christ is that he's the Son of God, that he was born of a virgin. You have to stand on the very fact that God's Son was born of a virgin. There's no other way that we can go around it. And look with me in Luke chapter number 1, verse number 26. It says, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. This is not just any person that's being born. This is not your grandchild or my uh, children or my someday grandchild at some point. Someday, maybe uh, if the Lord don't tarry or the Lord tarries is coming, I may, I hope we'll have grandchildren someday. Praise God. No time soon. I hope Brother Tom has a grandchild before I do. Praise God. Amen. Sorry, Brother Tom. But I, I know that this is not just the birth of just anybody. This is the birth of the Son of God, that therefore He's not just another person, but God Himself coming down to this very place for us to be able to have uh, the joy of the Lord. Why do you say, how is it, John chapter number 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same as in the beginning with God. God Almighty came down to earth, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, I heard somebody said, well, why is it that God didn't name the child, or didn't name him Emmanuel when He was saying the Nazareth? that his name would be Isaiah. Well, that's not a name or a title, but that is a characteristic. That's a characteristic of what God is saying, that God will be with us. And on that night, glory to God, the Savior of the world came into this world, was born of a virgin, and came down and began to uh, be with man. And thank God that one day we're looking forward to the day where we will be with him again. Lord, it fulfilled all the promises and all the prophecies that God had given to us. In Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 15, God made a promise. Why? Because man had fallen into sin. We needed a Savior. We had to have a Savior because of the sin of our parents. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and the, uh, thy seeds, uh, between her seed and thy seed, and I shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is exactly what had been promised to each and every one of us that the Savior would come. And Luke chapter number 2 is the realization of just that. Then the people walked in darkness, Isaiah says in chapter number 9, and have seen great light. They dwell in the land of the shadow of death. Unto them uh, hath the light shined, speaking of Jesus coming. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All of these things have been set forth where we can proclaim that is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and we have Him as... Our Savior. Verse number 7 in Isaiah 9 actually says, And of the increase of His government and peace shall there be no end upon the throne of David, upon His kingdom, and to order it, and to establish it with the judgment and with the justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this, that God will have a kingdom that is set up forever and forevermore, and I get to be part of it because of the Savior of the world. I love how in Matthew chapter number 1, 
Bible says in verse number 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. Because he is, and at the end of the verse, for he shall save his people from their sin. Boy, that Redeemer, not only that he fulfilled all of these promises and all of these prophecies that would be fulfilled, but in the Redeemer would actually would be of the tribe of Judah. Genesis chapter number 49 says that he will be coming through that area from that time. And it says that until Shiloh come, and it's talking about the Savior, Jesus Christ, that that peace and that rest and that tranquility. Uh, uh, He is the one, Jesus Christ is the one that says, Come unto me all that ye are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Boy, that's what we need in this world that we live in. And it's the Redeemer is going to be there from the tribe of Judah. But not only do we see him from the tribe of Judah there, but thank God that the Lion of the tribe of Judah in Revelation chapter number 5 steps out on the scene as the Redeemer of us. Praise God. And we're able to have a celebration in heaven that thank God I'm looking forward that I will be a part of. And then, of course, the place that he would be born. Isn't it amazing how the Word of God just comes together to you. You can read and you can say, oh, well, there's this, uh, this conflict over here, there's a conflict over there. There are no conflicts in the Word of God. Even very down to the very point where I, I try to wonder, how, how is it because you were told when it was going to happen? You were to- According to Daniel, the book of Daniel, in chapter number 9, you know when it's going to happen. You go from this very point, you find the point where Jesus Christ is going to be cut off, so this is going to be the time that we're going to have him born. You know where it's going to happen. Micah chapter number 5, verse number 2, And thou, Bethlehem of Frata, uh, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of all these things he shall come forth unto me to be the ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. Isn't it wonderful that we have a Savior that has no beginning nor end? I had a lady one time, uh, I, I told him this morning, uh, the lady in a church one time sat down next to a baby. And you know how it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to say something nice? Come on. Not all babies are pretty. Let's just be honest. I had some ugly babies in my family. Not my babies. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Sorry, Shelby. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's kind of hard to find something nice to say about a baby sometime. And she sat down next to her and she she looked at that little baby and she was thinking, well, I can't say he's pretty. I can't say he's got a... Well, sometimes... It, well, how old was your baby when it was born? Brother Steve, you're going to have to explain that to some people here a little later on. But how old was your baby when it was born? You think about But that would have been a good question to ask here. That would have been a very good question to ask because Jesus Christ had no beginning. Jesus Christ had no, has no end. 
So therefore, He is from everlasting to everlasting. He's coming from, the, uh, from old to everlasting. And God has followed up on every one of the promises that He has given to us, that uh, every one of His miraculous birth and miraculous uh, ways that we look forward to, God has followed up to each and every one of those prophecies. They've all been fulfilled. But also, He had a meaningful birth. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. There was a purpose to Jesus Christ being born. They already sang the song, Born to Die. My, what a purpose that that is. For him to know from very young that he would know that he had a purpose and that purpose was for him to go and live this life and die on a cross someday that we all might live. There was a purpose to the birth and it's not just to have a holiday. It's not just to have a celebration. It's not just to have parties. It's not just to go forth and be able to spend way too much money. But it is to celebrate, to know that the purpose that God has redeemed us. See, He revealed Himself to mankind. He came down uh, in Hebrews chapter number 1. It says this, God who at sundry times and diverse manners spake in times past to fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by His Son. Thank God that I have a Bible that I can read and the words are read in there that Jesus Christ is speaking, that the Son of God is speaking to us through the Word of God and hath appointed all heirs whom He made all things. God sent His Son to reveal Himself to mankind the need that we had. That need is salvation. To provide the sacrifice that we needed to have. He was the perfect sacrifice. And then also to reconcile men to God, to be able to bring us back together. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh to the Father but by me. We reconcile through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, in order to be able to do this, to be able to die, he had to die on the cross. And for him to be able to die on the cross, he had to live that perfect life for each and every one of us. And I'm so thankful that he did that. And he washed our sins away. I love in Revelation 1.5, it says, And from Jesus Christ, who the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from, his, from our sins in his own blood. Praise God. What a great, what a great promise that we have that he has done that. And his mission was actually to obtain eternal redemption for each and every one of us. We can get to God no other way than by the blood of Jesus Christ. We cannot have eternal life but by him. John chapter number 10, he actually says, The thief cometh to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I am come that they might have life, and they might have life more Abundantly. <laughs> Wonderful to be able to have that. His eternal life and His lasting sacrifice that we might live forever. But then the fruit of His birth. There was a purpose, but something happened. See, a lot of people have purpose in their life, but they don't ever accomplish that purpose because they don't continue on to see what God has the purpose in their heart for them. Jesus did just that. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter number 1, verse number 3, he says that after he had done all these things, he had purged us from our sins. He sat down on the right-hand side of the majesty on high. 
He accomplished exactly what he came. So the fruit of what he, uh, uh, fruit of his birth was the fact that he accomplished the sacrifice that each and every one of us needed. Salvation for all men. For God so loved the world. All men. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Not picking and choosing. Not just deciding and saying this, that, though, the other. I'm going to be honest with you. At one point, I had a professor in college that said, uh, I raised my hand. I said, so you're telling me that God could choose my son and not my other son and could choose me and sin and and it'd be, well, God's done that. And if he's chosen your son to go to hell, then that's what God has chosen. I said, sir. Are we reading from the same Bible? Because whosoever is whosoever. And it's up to us to be able to accept and to accept the, 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 the gift of eternal life. And those that accept the atoning life, uh, death of Jesus Christ are going to be saved for eternity. It's not going to be just for a little time and we have to renew. How do you love it when you have to renew your insurance? And it always goes up. Don't we ever get a discount on that stuff? But no, we don't have to do that. Why? Because Jesus Christ has given us that eternal life, salvation through his blood. But as many as received him, they gave him the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. I'm glad that I'm a child of God. I'm glad that I'm on my way to heaven. See, this season that we have and we're sitting in right now, we, we have so much going on. We have the lights and we have the glitter and we have the presents and we have the wrapping and we have the bows and we have everything. I sound like kind of, kind of like Dr. Seuss, I'm sorry. But we have all of those things that are happening and it's taking our attention away. But really, truly, it's all about one thing. The blood of Jesus Christ and the birth that he was able to have here on this earth. See, I, I, I thought this was really neat. I was reading about the Wright brothers not long ago, that flying machine that they started in 1903. In December of 1903, they were finally accomplished that they flew 120 feet. Now we think, my goodness, the runways are longer than that these days. But 120 feet during that time was absolutely amazing to them. So they got so excited that they took a telegram and they sent a telegram to their sister and they said, we have flown 120 feet. We will be home for Christmas. The sister got that telegram. She was so excited that she actually took it down to the newspaper, to the editor of the local newspaper and said, look, look what my brothers, look at my, look about my brothers. And, and he looked a glance at it and he said, oh, great. The boys will be home for Christmas. He missed the point. He missed the entire point that man had flown 120 feet. A lot of times we in this Christmas season, We miss the point. We get wrapped up in everything else and we need to get everything back focused into what God really truly has done for us. The birth of a Savior and provided the Savior for us. This day, praise God, has given us eternal life.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for.